Thanks for joining us on the Blue Baggers podcast after a 10-point victory over the Adelaide Crows. I'm Chris, and I'm joined in the Blue Bagger basement by Andy. Andy, how are you? Hey, Chris, how are you? Yeah, not too bad. It's a different podcast this week. We've, uh, we're doing it after a win. It's yep. been a while. Yeah. and well, It feels like a long time. A must-needed must win for Carlton on Sunday with a lot in the balance, including uh, potentially the coach. and Yeah, plenty of ramifications if we had have lost that game. What are your thoughts on the game? Well, the second quarter was probably the most exciting quarter we've had all year. It was, it was a really frustrating game because it just shows that we are capable of playing some really good footy. And the concern is we couldn't even play it for four quarters this week. And we haven't been able to show it really during the year. So we've played one really good quarter of football. We kicked eight goals. Um, we spoke at half time, And I, do you remember what I said to you? Yeah, you wanted a 10-goal victory. And, and you- I said, I don't want, I want to win big. I don't want to win by 10 points. I said that at halftime. You did say we that. We won I by 10 points. So It was a win, I think, that it was needed, but I think we didn't really show a hell of a lot, and I think it's a bit of a hollow victory in a way. Yeah, I think we, we learn a bit from the game, but not as much as we'd hope. We should have realistically continued on. We were 30, what, 34 points up just before halftime. They yep. kicked that last goal to make it 28 Red points. Red time goal. At halftime, and then the second half was all about holding on, and you know there are a few questions as to why that is the case, and we had stolen the momentum very clearly in that yep. second term, which was an eight-goal quarter, explosive footy. Um, you know, we, we started handballing, we started getting some run, we took some risks to set those up, and we kicked eight goals. We kicked four goals for the rest of the game. Eight goals in one quarter, four goals in the other three. It makes you wonder, Is so... Is the second quarter something we're capable of doing? Is that showing what we can do, or is it a bit of a flash in the pan? Because it's, we haven't been able to show it. We couldn't even come out the next quarter and show it. No, it shows what our potential is, and I think it shows that we're not living up to that most games and most quarters of most games. But mm. there is a high ceiling there once it all starts clicking. Yeah, absolutely. But um, then again, Adelaide, no world beaters, but they're still a reasonable they're not team. A bad, they're not a bad side. And I thought they played okay, and they missed a few goals early on that uh, could have put us under a lot more scoreboard pressure. Yeah. I think it was a great game f- looking at players individually. I think we saw a few things, which we'll touch on, but players that uh, really came to the party and, and getting a bit more of an opportunity, which is exactly what we've kind of been crying out for, for the coaches to do, to give some of these players who are like Dow, been playing in the twos to have a real run. I thought we saw some growth from a couple of those maligned players, which was the exciting part and probably the overall biggest takeaway for me if I'm looking at it from a positive perspective. But again, two goals after half-time, not brilliant, you know, um, really. And we were were really holding on to that lead. Yeah, we certainly were. And, uh, you know, there's a few parts to that. I think, I mean, I'll ask you about fitness. Yep. Does that play a part? Yeah, well, and that's again something we said during half time, wasn't it? Let's see if we can. Our fitness will really be put to the test with how we're going to run out the game. And I think it shows that we are not a fit side. Um, again, we conceded a couple of red time goals during the game. And I mean, what, what else can you say when, it, when you concede that lead? You were pretty high at half time. And like you said, you were hoping for a big victory. I had my concerns about how we would run the mm. game out considering how we have performed this year and it was a really high energy first half of football there was yeah. a lot of gut running 
um, a lot of aerobic work done out there. So they were my concerns to see how we would respond. And I think the two goals after halftime gives a fair indication about the physical side of it. Uh, we look at the mental side mm. and we say, well, we kicked two goals after halftime. That last quarter, I think we kicked no goals, five points, and quite a few of those were set shots or fairly... So we had our opportunities, didn't we? Yeah, so I think, you know, fatigue, it comes in both forms, physical and mental, but... David I mean, fatigue. Yes, indeed, very good. But uh, it's we had a chance to sort of steady the ship a little bit and to sort of, you know, more convincingly hold on to that lead, not necessarily a convincing win, and we, we failed at every opportunity in that last quarter. We were strong enough. We obviously had enough passion, desire to hold on to the lead, but uh, we still lacked some serious poise in front of goal when we had our chances. Oh, look, a win is a win, and you'll always take the four points. Just going back to what I said earlier, I just felt, I don't know about you, but it felt a bit of a hollow win. I wasn't up and about. I was at halftime, and I wanted to, to, to play the game out and win big, I didn't think that was necessarily going to happen, but I didn't come away entirely convinced. And I just think it was just, I think a lot of Carlton supporters will be happy, but won't be uh, really ecstatic about it. And there's a lot of questions still remaining. Absolutely. But I mean, let's not sort of uh, overshadow that second quarter performance. That second quarter was was absolutely cracking. That was thrilling. The most fun I've had watching football this year. Yeah. So disappointing we didn't continue on, but it was great to actually see that because we've been very dour of recent times, and we said it, I think, in the last podcast, (laughs) you're again on fire, Um, that, yeah, we we haven't had a whole lot to look forward to this year. It's been very sort of subdued and, you know, underwhelming, whereas last year we had a few of those exciting games for sure. We hadn't had much of that this year. We got a chance to see something to get us out of our seats in the second quarter. Let's talk about Paddy Dow. Straight into him. Yeah. Yep. What are your thoughts? Best game for Carlton. Yep. He... He just looked really good. Um, he showed a lot of bursts. He also showed um, just a lot of sidestep, a very smart kind of um, efforts around packs. There was one where he was getting chased where he completely almost stopped on it, you know, stopped on a dime, let yep. the Adelaide player run past and was able to get the handball in board. So he just, it just looked like, you know, he really was comfortable in the game for once. And I just think that, you know, we, we wanted him to be played for the rest of the year to see what we can do. If we saw Paddy Dow play this kind of game in another club next year, you'd be fuming, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. We, we saw out on the ground at an AFL match this year, probably the first time in his career, potentially mm-hmm. him be a bit more consistent and show those traits. Yep. We know he has and those he's shown a little bit throughout pre-seasons before, but he did it and he showed he belongs there. As you mentioned, he was, he was explosive. Yeah. Uh, burst out of the pack a few times. And his disposal looked okay. And his disposal looked a lot better. And, you know, that's the big knock. That's the big concern you've got over him is his kicking efficiency and his, you know, his hands are good generally. It's his uh, foot disposal we're concerned about and also his ability to run out a game. He obviously he had some of those explosive moments in the second half. He looked good. He came out of the package. He exploded away from the packs. And that's what we need to see. He's got real strength in his legs. Mm. He's got power, and we actually got the chance to see it whilst he also collected enough disposals for us to give a proper sort of a, have a proper look at his performance. Yeah, let's let's talk about a similar player who's been in a similar position this year, another high draft pick in SPS. It was interesting. He uh, had got more moved. of a run through the midfield. Oh, he did, absolutely did. And David Teague acknowledged that that was going to be 
the case and they were going to play him higher. And I think pretty much every Carlton supporter is in complete agreement with that and has thought this has come way, way, way too late. He had his opportunity to play in the midfield, probably played a bit further forward, I think, in the second half. But he had a very good first half. I think he had the 10 touches, but it looked like he Looks had good. more than mm. that because he was using it very well. The sidestep, the, the aspects of football we know he's really good at. His little kicks, his 15, 20-meter kicks, they're, they're far more effective when they're spotting up a, a target moving forward or in the forward line. I thought his first half was great. He faded in the second. I think he finished the game with 13 touches, which shows yeah. that uh, he didn't get it a lot after half time, which again is a bit of a concern. It's one we have with SPS and everyone cries that he needs to play you know, in the midfield, needs to play forward, but you need to be able to generate your own ball or get your own ball if you're going to play there. And 13 possessions for a midfielder, half forward flank, is still below what you'd expect and below par, but definitely some more encouraging signs. Yeah. He seemed like he, uh, his energy was a lot better and he was trying a lot more defensively, really try to make some of those tackles. But, you know, I look at Teague and the coaching panel have decided playing through the midfield. Uh, I see that what's happened on the weekend is, is more damning because why has it taken two years? We fought, Everyone's been saying it for a long time. We finally do it. And that is the that is the result. We see probably the best football that SPS has played in in one well, probably two years. So, yeah, the, the coaches should be applauded for finally making the move. But I still think it's a bit too late, and it just that highlights it. It's an indictment on them. Indictment, He's recruited yeah. as a midfielder. We've all seen him as supporters have seen him as a midfielder. Yep. All question why you'd play him in the back line. Didn't perform in the back line. It was very very underwhelming there. Mm. All our supporters are crying for him to get back in the midfield, get some, you know, play with some instincts, what he knows. They've done it. They've conceded, but they've conceded after two years worth of experimentation yeah. that hasn't worked. Yep. And look, I think with a few of these players um, where we don't know what the, the future holds, say maybe Petrescu Seaton, Paddy Dow, Kennedy, where we, you know, we, we aren't sure. We'd like, I'm sure we'd all, you know, we've all got our opinions about what's going to happen. But with these guys playing in the ones and they're playing good footy, you know, it gives them more value, doesn't it? Value for our club and, and value if, if there is going to be any potential trades. Not that I'm saying there are, but this is the only way. They don't gain value in the twos. I liked his game, and but didn't love it. And no. I've, I've explained, he probably needed to get it more, but yeah. I liked his game. I'm going to be most fascinated at how he backs his game up yeah, it's give, be when given the same opportunity because I'd expect him to grow from that, not uh, maintain that or even go backwards. So I'm really looking forward to see what he can bring the second week after comp- being played yeah. in midfield yep. and forward. So another play I'll throw out to you, Nick Newman, medical sub. Mm. So in effect sort of dropped from the previous week, which really caught surprise, me by surprise. surprise and we, yeah. In our uh, second doll second part of our mid-year review, we were uh, singing his praises and uh, a couple of days later, he's uh, pretty much effectively Do you think dropped. we cursed him? Yeah, who knows? But uh, it was very surprising after us uh, so positively endorsing him and praising him. Came on for obviously the Mark Murphy injury. Came on fairly early in the game, but yep. well, he had 20-something or other possessions yeah. and I thought he had a really, he had a really good, good game, game and just demonstrated exactly what we think of him as a footballer. But yeah. uh, a little surprised that he... Didn't get the start. Yeah, yeah, and and going to that Murphy injury, looking like now it's not 
too bad. Is no, you, you never like a calf, and he probably no. you saw him a bit forlorn on the sidelines, you mm. know, head in hands, wondering if you told a calf, usually thinking it's a three-week minimum. Especially when you're at that age of 33, 34 in August, I believe. Yeah, so it was probably not great thoughts going through his head at the time. We've yep. since been told that it probably looks like a very minor calf in the two weeks. We've got eight weeks left. That gives... You know, he's got four games to get to the 300. I think they'll get him there. Um, and six games left in the season, considering uh, the ones you'll miss with injury. But then again, with our fitness staff, is it who a two-week injury? Yeah, who knows? We, we've got no idea. Uh, Eddie Betts. Yes. Think of his game? Very exciting. Nearly took mark of the year. Would have been, easily would have been, hands down, mark of the year. It was, that's not bad for a 33-year-old footballer who supposedly uh, passed his prime. He got up there. He did. Yeah, Eddie Betts. Let's talk about what we were talking about over the weekend. We had we did have a good conversation about Eddie Betts and our thoughts were that we were pretty confident that this would be his last year based on the fact, you know, he's he'll be 34 next year. He is in decline compared to his peak. Yep. Um, and you look at his output and just trying to make sure he's not holding out any younger players and their development. I think we've probably both come around to the thought that perhaps he might be on the list next year. And the, the mm. reason we say that is because we're talking about Eddie Betts. We're not talking about a standard player. This bloke is a freak. Mm. And you treat your freaks differently. A player of his age, if it was anybody else you'd probably go, yeah, this will be the last based on their age and their output. But you can't compare him to the average footballer. And, and, he's, a, and say, he's a small forward. It's a different kind, like a different to a Murphy or, or you know, something yeah, like that, isn't it? Absolutely. So, you know, he, he still does have his pace. He still has his elusiveness. Yep. There's no reason. I mean, Boomer Harvey played on until he was 37, 38. There are exceptions yep. to the rule. And why would Eddie Betts not be one of those exceptions? Well, I think we said... In the part two of our player review, we, I said, I don't think Eddie will be there next year, but I think that'll be an Eddie Betts decision. And I think I think if if everything stays the same at Carlton, like the coaching, we know that Teague loves him. They're good mates. I think if Eddie really wanted to, um, I think he potentially could. But I think that's, I don't know if Eddie necessarily wants to. He's made some comments during the year that, indicated it would be his last year. But like you said, is there anyone really pushing to, to come in from the twos? We, we talk about... No, well, Owies is in the team at the moment and Durden's down there as a developing player who has played against men but hasn't set the world alight in yep. the twos as of yet. It's probably too early to expect he's going to come in and fill in Eddie Betts even next year, roll that way. So the way of our list profile, he's probably not holding back too many people. We don't have too many similar players on the list currently who The flip who side is up. though are we doing what we say Carlton do a lot and that's play some of these you know don't give some of these players in the twos as much opportunity as other clubs do and we see other clubs you know reap the reward when they do that it just goes to show you you're, you're probably right there mm. it is pretty complicated when you're looking at it that way but I ideally you have players knocking down the door and we yep. had a thought about Cade Simpson and his role in the halfback and whether he if he had have played on an extra year this year, but I think the difference there, there are a lot of halfback flankers yeah. on our list who were pushing him out or potentially could replace him at the same So who output. have we got to potentially replace Betts? Oh, we've got Durden, and that's probably about it. I can't really think of too many others. Depends, not for that type of role where you're yeah. talking about a pure sort of goal mm. sneak, a legitimate half forward pocket. And we've seen that, obviously, uh, 
uh, Owies and Betts can coincide together. So it's not a matter that he's keeping Matt Owies out of the team. So I think you're right. It it wouldn't hurt. You know, the, the big question will be, do we just try and blood a few? Like, uh, maybe play Durden. He's only going to get better playing in the ones. Yeah, again, there's two arguments with that. You can bring players in too early or you can let them earn their, their stripes in the VFL and they come in and they're ready-made and ready to go or you know they come in and they're a bit underdone and that can affect their confidence. I'm not... I think we typically as a club do that too much. We played to too detriment. early. No, no, no. Sorry. You really? I, I think, well, no, I, I disagree. I reckon we've played some players too early no, and they I... could have played in the twos and had solid... Look, we, we definitely have done that with a few players, definitely. We, we... I think as a club, though, we... I think a lot of other clubs would be playing a lot more games into some of what, these players. What do Richmond do? You earn it. And obviously, they've got a more established team. They've got better players. It's harder to get into that team. But they pick up even early draft picks mm. and they make them play in the twos and earn their place. And they've got a good solid year, year and a half of football under their belt before they come into the main stage. Take away probably Friday night where they threw yep. the rookie ruck yeah. in there and he looked out of place. But most of the time they come in and they look ready to go. We blood players bring them in we kind of rely on them mm. then we drop them oh, then yeah, we bring maybe them back that, and maybe that's we... the thing I just think that yeah maybe we're too inconsistent with I think there are certain players that need to just get more games into them I think Dow's one of those particularly of the higher draft picks um, look we're getting him at 18 years old we're getting him as men you know I know they're, they're boys but you know they're, they're men yeah, it's that's... not a you know, you don't play AFL for 20 years. We've got to start getting more games into some of them. So I think we have drafted... Sorry, we have played people too early, which can have yeah, an effect on their mental... I guess the difference is too now, we've got our own VFL team or yeah. reserves team, yeah. but we can make that call. We're not putting them into someone else's system and, you know, potentially having their uh, development obstructed to some degree. I'll throw to you one more, yep. and that's JSOS in the ruck or as the second mm. ruck option. Went into the game with one ruck and TDK. Yep. No one else for the chop out. They threw JSOS in there. Yeah. What do you think? That, well, what do you think of the the logic behind it? What do you? Think I know what they. Yeah, I mean, it's strategy. It's something that's becoming more prominent across the game, isn't it? Playing these taller midfielders as a, as a ruckman, and it's got its advantages, obviously, when the ball goes to ground. And and it meant Cripps played ruck in the forward line. And yeah, he was quite effective because he's a big, solid bloke. He's he's strong, and that yeah. worked quite well. Uh, not only did he sort of nullify the tap, but a couple of times he almost got himself in the clear. I mean, we know that we have an injury, so we've only got the one option. Mm-hmm. Pitnet being out to play, and he could be out for the year. Say he was fit, would you rather be taking in TDK and Pitnet, or would you rather go with the? You know, the strategy they had, TDK is the oh, sole ruck, yeah. and I'd need to see more of. I'd need to see more of what we saw on the weekend before I'd make that decision. I'm a bit of a traditionalist. You're not too impressed by my question, are you? No, no, I think it's a it's a good question, but I just, I think it can be exposed a little bit, and I don't think it's you know the the answer necessarily. But I know that I think it might have been Jared Healy who's going on saying that. Cripps should be playing in the ruck. I totally disagree oh, with that. Absolutely not. Use just, him in the forward line. Yep, yep, that's fine, but not as a ruck. No man. jumping. No, no, no. Same with Mackay. And you, and you know what? You, why? He's one of the best midfielders in the game, we say. Why would you then put him into a ruck? Oh, no way. No. All right. Do you want to run through a few stats of the game and yes. do our analysis that way? Yeah, look. Um, stats. We're up in disposals. Absolutely smashed them in marks. And as we are saying, it was, it was a keeping game keepings off game wasn't it for uh, 
that Carlton And played. I think that goes to show that, you know, once exactly we, what Port, uh, sorry, exactly what GWS did to us last week. Yeah, once we got that lead by 28 points, we uh, we were happy to concede and hold on to the ball. And uh, that's where a lot of that attacking flair stopped, uh, that fluid movement through the ground. And I think the fact we had all those uncontested marks probably demonstrates that, yep. that we, uh, we slowed it down. We 128 tried to marks to 83. Yeah, and weren't prepared to take the risks that we were in that second quarter, which, I mean, gets you the win, but not every time we could have been run over the top of. And I don't, we, we like to see attacking football. If we could have taken the win 10 points with more attacking football, that's probably a better result than uh, with a more defensive football. But yeah, we got there, but we it was a struggle to get there. And again, you know, we, uh, we were sitting there, you know, on the edge of the seats, probably, you know, some more ulcers coming our way. As a result of it, it wasn't clear, but yeah, that makes sense with the, with that statistic. Uh, the other big one was hitouts were reasonably even, 34 to 30 Adelaide's favour, but we got beaten across the clearances. 38 clearances to 22 Adelaide's way, 12 to 7 centre clearances Adelaide's way, and 26 to 15 stoppage clearances in Adelaide's way. So it's another issue where, you know, we... It's a trend for us at the it's moment. It's becoming a it? bit of a trend and... and it's definitely something we're going to have to address because it's it's every week that we're down on our clearances. We're, and we're, I think we had three more inside 50s than Adelaide, which is about right when you consider we won by about 10 points. So The clearances were obvious to the eyes. I think yep. in the second quarter, I'd love to know the second quarter stats just to see yeah. how that uh, changed or might have changed compared to the, the trend for the rest of the game because it did look like we started winning those in out of the middle pretty quickly. I know you're thinking of the Crips goal uh, and a couple of other bursts out of there. Riley O'Brien is a very good ruck. Mm-hmm. Not the best in the competition, but just below that, I reckon. He's a very, very solid ruck. So you can sort of understand that there. But their midfield's not elite and not compared to some of the other clubs mm. in the competition. So again, yeah, pretty disappointing. It's still something we really need to work on there. Get a hands on it first and win those clearances, get that forward sort of motion. Quickly talking about Burst, Sard's goal, unbelievable in the first quarter. Yeah, well, there wasn't much to celebrate before, and thankfully that did come in the yeah. first quarter. But yeah, monumental. That was one of the best goals you're going to see. Absolutely, yeah. Off half back, uh, just about he was great. So. Back fifty, yeah. straight through the guts. So let's move it on, Andy, to clip or clap. Clip or clap. Yep. And this week I'm going to be asking you, and you're going to be delivering on a clip or a clap. No sitting on the fence. Yep. Um, generally Sometimes the, hard to do. It's very hard to do. Uh, I think this game will be particularly hard, so um, I'm not jealous that uh, it's you under the spotlight for this one. But I'll start off with Sam Petrovsky Seaton. <laughs> uh, nice, easy one for you. I'll give him a clap. Yeah. Nick Newman, clap. Paddy Cripps, clap. Sam Walsh, clap. Jack Noons. Clap. I thought he was really good in that last quarter. Exactly. I think, just quickly, I, I know we'd like to keep this one. Quick, <laughs> We're not but, quite sure about our own rules on this but one. But Jack Noons, we got him as a mature body. And I think it. we, we don't see too many Carlton wins. But I think he shows his importance when we win these games. He really was uh, good in the fourth quarter. He and had some big moments, particularly did. in the last five minutes. So maybe we don't get the best of him when we're losing, but... When we, with these kind of games, it was good. So I'll give him a clap. Jack Silvani. Clip. Ooh. <laughs> that was a quick one too. Paddy Dow. Clap. Matt Kennedy. Clap. Probably should have uh, spoken about him a bit more, but he's been, he's been, this is two weeks in a row. Matt Kennedy can do it. And he's probably one of those players that we're talking about that can, when he plays in the ones. 
Doesn't yeah. do a lot wrong, does he? Yeah, and if he does the slightest bit, he gets dropped very quickly. Uh, yep. Probably a bit unfairly. Tom DeConing. Clip. Clip? Mm-hmm. Zach Williams. Clap. Re- really, really good game. And love seeing kick a goal. Adam Saad. Clap. Lockie Fogarty. Clip. Liam Stocker. Clap. Liam Jones. Clap. Sam Doherty. Clap. Lockie Plowman. Clap. Ed Kerno. Clap. Did a good job on lead. Matt Owies. Clip. He, he did, got to the... One goal, yeah, three, one goal 17 three. touches. Yeah, one goal, three. Mm, yeah, it's, it's a bit unusual yeah. for him. But I thought he got himself some really good spots. That's yeah. right, yeah. This is your segment, so... Yeah. Mark Murphy. A bit hard to... Yeah. Uh, can't can't, just, can't uh, adjudicate. Clip. Harry Mackay. Clap. Uh, sorry, Clip. 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 Eddie Betts. Clap. Three goals. Jack Martin. Clap. I thought he was good. Ooh, interesting one. And Jacob Weedering. Massive clap. Yeah, I thought, look... I think the Martin one's interesting because he was up and about that second quarter. Yeah. He was explosive, but didn't make the most of his opportunities. It costly. He ends up with one goal, three for the game. Two goals, two. And Did so two goals, two, two yeah. you're right. It's two goals, two and 13 touches, but it missed a couple of gettable Yeah, I mean, goals. geez, that... Two goals, two becomes three goals, one, and you know it's not even a discussion. It's is definitely it? an improvement on previous yeah, weeks, yeah, so that's, that's for wild, sure. That's it could wild. be his best game. Yeah, for that's the wild, year, that's to be perfectly clapping. honest. Yeah. As we're going through that list, I did think there are quite a few players here mm. that were worthy of a bit more discussion. So I might just quickly fly through. You've gone yeah. always, Lockie Plowman. I thought he was very good. Excellent, a lot yeah. of fists um, and a lot of spoils, mm-hmm. and when he spoils, he generally uh, gets it over the goal line, which is very yeah. handy in that. Situation. I just love the fact that he uh, he didn't hesitate to fly the flag. Yep. And come in on the that dirty hit on Weetering. Yeah. Cal- yep. And he didn't hesitate. It wasn't a you know a faux tough guy. It wasn't a holding no. back. He was straight there, and he did what he needed to do. We need a few more of those players that fly. Sound ending. Surprise, surprise. Who was the second player in there? Liam Stocker. Yep. Yep. He's got a bit of mongrel. Uh Liam Jones was incredible. Incredible. Absolutely. It was a bath. Yeah, he absolutely did. And a, a decent opponent too. Yeah. I know he's young, but he's uh, he's kicked some real bags, uh, Phil Thorpe. Yeah. And he held him. And we were saying that could be one of the worst games you're going to play at yeah. AFL level that he held his Jones player Jones is unbelievable. Weedering, 16 marks. Uh, and probably it was the last one we'll... Uh, Weedering, Weedering, 16 marks? Uh, not good question. Yeah. Uh, there were a lot. Both We've he got it. He and Jones. We've got to give that guy a massive clap. Weedering was great. Zach Williams this is the last one to discuss. Yep. After being very maligned the week before, a lot of the media sort of still, dug into I still him. think he's had an all right year, but just not an 800,000 year. No, but it was a good game. Yeah, I, I thought think he, he led really us well. in metres gained. What he had yeah. 26 disposals, an important goal. Yep. He was very good. And he's kicking, oh, so kicking efficiency was kick. very good. And first kick. Wasn't great. Yeah, game. no, that was terrible. But for most of the game, mm. and like Saad and those pinpoint kicks from Saad. Yeah. Oh, Saad was. Sard, I, th- I really feel Sard's had a rough um, go by people he's just been, this year. He's just been he's lumped. Been it's just really lazy good. journalism. He's yeah. just lumped in. It's easy to lump the three. Oh, and it, but he's poor defensively. How was that tackle in the last quarter? Yeah, absolutely. How can you criticise his defensive? No. Do you know what? I'd like to see if that gets raised this week because it's always raised that he's a poor defensive player. It's oh, one yeah. of the best defensive tackles. You won't get have. too much uh, backtracking. The only one that tends to do it is uh, the, tr- the truck. 
John Rowe. <laughs> so I don't think anyone else is going to to do that. But yeah, Williams obviously pretty yeah. disappointing act though to get suspended yeah. for another week. That's the second suspension. Don't of mind the seeing year. players fly the flag. That was the hit on Weedering was dirty. It was really dirty. It was. But, um, There's look, a difference between. We're not going to play with Zach Williams this week. We're saying he's one of the best against Adelaide. Now we're not going to have him against Fremantle. So at the end of the day, is it worth it? No, it's not. Um, you can be tough without being silly. Just just overstepped the mark yeah, a little yeah. bit. Didn't need to do it. Right intentions until that moment. And then just a bit disappointing. You're right, this will be the second mm. time. He'll have a one-week suspension for the year. And, yeah. You know, we're... Stood out a bit. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Anywho, so if we think about that, let's go on to the votes because I think we've got differing opinions, which yeah, we you know. tend to be very similar there. I found it very hard. I My original thoughts were probably a little bit different to what I was then thinking, and I've gone back to what sort of stood out in my head at the end of the game. Okay, three, and two, one. the three will go to Sam Walsh. Yep, easy. 38 possessions, unbelievable. Two to Liam Jones. Yep. And the one to Adam Saad. Ooh. And I'm throwing him in there. I mean, if you think about it, he sparked our attack. He was the first goal kicker of the game. Um, offensively brilliant. He's pinpoint kicking, amazing, and that... Goal-saving tackle lunge at the end just shows that he was playing all parts of the ground and really uh, the effort was contagious that way. I have apologies for Weedering. I have apologies for Williams. There's probably a couple of others as well. It was a tough week to do the votes. I'll go Walsh, Williams, Weedering. All right, good. So yep. same same players to start. With apologies positions. to Sard and Liam Jones. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. So yeah, it was, um, I think those five... We're excellent. If we move on, we talk about the reserves game, which we'll do very quickly considering yep. the performance. We're up against our old aligned team, the Northern Bull Ants, yep. playing at uh, Kramer Street Oval. It was... They came, they came to the game with a percentage. No wins for the year. A percentage, I think, of 44. They had previously been beaten by 160 points. Mm-hmm. You'd think this is a gimme game, wouldn't you? Yep. We lose. We lose by 30 or so points to the bottom of the ladder team with a forty with a percentage of 44 and having been smacked by 160 points. Yeah. Not much to take from that game at all. That's really disappointing. Uh, and I, I was worried it was going to set the tone for the, the game that followed, which can happen when you yeah, have your twos leading into your, yep. into your firsts, even though they're at different grounds. Uh, I think Sam Rams is probably the only one that's going to stand out there with 28 disposals and I didn't get to watch most of the game but from what I saw they look like reasonably quality reasonable quality as well and his body looks like it's coming on he's starting to look a bit more like an AFL size yep. footballer and I think probably the less said the better about yep. that um, Kemp got through a game yep that's good and there were quite a few AFL Lucky O'Brien 12 disposals there. yeah floundering Mate, you're playing for your career he's floundering uh, Parks Obviously didn't do a lot. Durden. Kicked a goal. Kicked a goal. But, um, yeah. No, it doesn't. Matty Cottrell, 18 disposals. Not a lot to like there, is it? No. So another week down, Andy. Another week to come. Who have we got? We've got Fremantle at a unknown location. Yeah. <laughs> Either Launceston or at Geelong. That's what it appears to be. I think we prefer Launceston. There are a lot of Carlton supporters in Tasmania. Yeah, I love Tassie. Yeah, I think I'd probably rather see the game from there. It was scheduled for a Saturday night. I'm yep. guessing it'll probably have to 
stay that way. It'd be too mm. hard to move too many around, but I guess there are no guarantees. Nah. At the moment. Well, I'd prefer Launceston. Yeah? Yeah. I think, and for one, yeah, it gives supporters in Tasmania a chance to, to go to the, and see, you know, Carlton. This might show my ignorance, but is there adequate lighting at Launceston? You don't think of too many night games down um, there. You know, you don't. Either way, it doesn't matter. I'm not sure, it but... Be, uh, it might be the best thing for us. Let's uh, <laughs> play in the dark. I mm. like it. Um, what are your thoughts? Uh... Apart from the fact, that obviously, it we need be, another win. It would be great to, you know, we talk about consistency and, and consecutive wins. That would be fantastic, something we haven't done yet. Uh, a very winnable game. We've got Murphy out. We've got Zach Williams out through suspension. How many? He's got the one, didn't he? Just the one week. Yeah. So that's two, that's two games he's missed this year through yeah, suspension. That's, yeah, that's, where, that's the disappointing part of a new mm. club. But anywho, uh, Frio, not a bad... Yeah. Team. They're not brilliant, but they will show you up if you... We've beaten them once this year, and we beat them last year in that game with Jack Noons. They would be gunning the filthy. for us. They'd be gunning <laughs> they for us. I was worried when we played them this year. They are coming hard for us, yeah. but they won't be able to do it at home, which is a real benefit yeah, to us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this has... Not playing Fremantle in... in not, that it look, not that it really matters. We're not going to play finals. Um, so in a way, sometimes you want to play teams at their very best because that's going to be the true measurement. Um, but we need to chalk up wins. We need, we need to, to get yeah. that confidence back. Yep. So I'm, I'm more than happy there. It's a, it'll be a neutral venue either way, which gives us a bit of an advantage. They're a reasonable team. Um, let's hope Luke Ryan doesn't tail us up again. Yeah. Half back line like yeah, he, he has plenty of times. Yep. Walters has been pretty good that way so we're saying there are going to be two forced changes murphy with an injury williams with suspension yep anybody else in doubt don't the think team? so not not in a winning who did you clip i'm trying to think uh Does clipped it... de conning which I... is it no absolutely no risk no, um and i clipped fogarty uh i just it... don't think there's anyone really to come in uh that obviously the twos didn't play very well can you think of it's yeah. If you're in the senior teams, the perfect week for you in a way. Maybe you, Fogarty is the medical, as as the medical sub at worst. But I think he's he's been a little bit down in form, but he can do some really good things. I still wouldn't be dropping him, but no, I can't really think of any more changes. We've we've got two forced outs. I think that's enough think, in a winning in a winning formula. You think Newman's not going to be the medical? No sub? No way. Nah. Sure, with his performance and also the fact that Williams is out, so yeah. perhaps he sort of slots in yeah, to that role there. Yeah. Murphy comes out, I think, the chance. I mean, we're going to have to bring somebody in mm -hmm. to replace. I think probably the front runners there are going to be Honey, who's been yeah. very close yep. uh, all year, and Sam Ramsey might be a bit of a surprise mm. packet if we're going to reward effort. He's been sold this year yep. and probably had one of his better games, if not, and certainly you know, the best player on the, you know, the reserves team that yep. he probably has to get a look in doesn't he I think even if that might be that medical sub I think Honey probably over Ramsey I think with the yeah, runs on the board you're yeah. probably looking at that way but they they both do bring sort of yeah. I guess different well they're, de well they're definitely they're they're in the vicinity aren't they um, yeah they have to yeah. be I mean Kennedy stays in the team yep SPS stays in Dow stays in I can't see. I can only see the two changes unless we get one of those. Obviously, the two force and one player might be quotation marks rested. Yeah, I think both of those players though 
yeah. even even still, even if both come in. I'd um, be happy for either. Yeah, yeah, and the medical sub wouldn't be the worst. I mean, it's a tough one. Yeah, Honey's obviously played a couple. Ramsey hasn't yet. Bring him into the team as a medical sub. Is that a, a good thing or a bad thing? I mean, he gets some exposure. He gets the opportunity. Or do you just want to, once they're named, to say you're on, you're playing, rather than sort of you might be yeah, playing? Can you imagine the nerves? Oh, be, nerves anyway, tough. but nerves when you're, and you're wondering if you're coming go. on. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I think if you get chosen, you play the four quarters traditionally. Yeah. All right, go Blues. Who go are, blues. You, are you confident? Uh, no, not at no? all. Never confident. What are you, percentage-wise, what are you thinking? Um, I'll give us, I reckon we're 60%. Yeah? 60, so reasonably, 60, reasonably confident. Five. Yeah, I think we're I think we're going favourite, don't we? Quite okay, yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah, um, I think we would. Yeah, we'll see. But, uh, Fremantle aren't a bad side, and I just think that, uh, you know, we're playing over in over in WA. It's a much different kind of uh, different opinion I'd have about who's going to win that game. But I think we've got the advantage when we're playing in uh, Tassie or in Victoria. All right, before we finish the show, a couple of last-minute points or discussion points. Oh, yep. Well, Aaron Hamill. Yep. It's been reported that he has been approached and spoken to in regards to a potential assistant coach role at mm. the football club, the 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 guy broke my heart as a oh, kid. The, so that's my first thoughts. He it's, honestly, yeah, I was that broke my heart. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, yeah, do you know what? I take that. I take I, I take that hurt with me to this day. Uh, yeah, and he did it at a time where uh, players, Carlton players, didn't do it that way. He was a, no. very much the exception. We know there might have been some extenuating circumstances yeah. with the president at the time, but either yeah. way, it was a real heartbreaker and something that just didn't really. Happened. So. I'd a um, I'd a picture of him on my wall that was signed. Did you tear up when he left? Yeah, you sm- did. Smashed my photo. <laughs> I smashed it. Yeah. Well, there you go. So yeah. that might be hard to see him back if that happens. It's it's strange timing though. I mean, mm. you need to talk to assistant coaches. We're yep. undergoing a review. Where's he coming from? St Kilda. So I think he's been there for about ten years as well. Ten, ten years. So I think that's sort of where the is he really? Is. Yeah. I do you know. I know really not much about St Kilda as a team. I refuse to watch them. Yeah. <laughs> They're probably like the only team I really don't like to watch. Yeah, well, he's been there for uh, for 10 years and 10 years, it's probably wow. a good time to, to move on. You'd think if you're an assistant coach on his behalf, um, mm. we need and to And what's bringing. he bringing? Oh, who knows? So, I mean, no, it's the same thing. I think what's he bringing? I think he's working with the back line there at the moment. But you know they throw throw them around. Yeah, I, I don't know. Expertise. I, it's not... I said last year he'll be he'll be let's a more get, let's get people that have you know had a bit of success. That's that's a fair point. He's not yeah. necessarily going to bring that, but no. uh, we probably do need some more experienced assistant coaches that way. But it's interesting the timing, and you do look at other coaches. We know there's a review happening. We know there will be some change. Mm. You need to sound out who might be available. You need yeah. to start courting them. But to have that sort of play out in the media and that being picked up whilst there's a review, whilst you've got your own list of coaches there, uh, mm. is interesting, which leads me to the external independent review yep. that's undergoing. It officially started uh, yesterday, yesterday, the 28th. Yep. We mm-hmm. know it's probably unofficially been going on a fair bit longer than that. Yep. There's still this reference, and you know, we get the, um, the email, the correspondence from the president yep. saying this, you know, independent external review is about to start, but at the same time, this review is being led by the incoming president mm-hmm. and the current CEO. Does that sound it independent? Sound in- doesn't sound independent. No. There's 
there's a bit of an issue, yeah, an and issue, we're yeah. we're kind of um, we're not Arthur or Martha in this by the way that, mm-hmm. that looks. You'd think an independent review is we're handing the keys over. Doesn't mean you have to take all findings on board, but you're mm-hmm. handing it over to people who are external. They're going to get far more honesty. There's a lot less vested interest. A lot, there. a lot less self interest, self preservation. Yeah, and which is self preservation is going to be a massive issue. That's because at the end of the day, people don't want to lose their jobs. Yeah, and particularly with uh, Kane Little being there, you can almost argue sort of uh, the oncoming, although at the same time, the incoming president is a current board member, has been yes, on the board yep. for a long time. Mm. So, you know, the board, which is what we've spoken about before, yep. there's not going to be a review of the board from what we're led to believe at this stage. And based yeah. on the structure and who's leading this, there will not be, yep. nor the CEO. Yep. So they're off limits Mm. All board members and the CEO, by the sounds of things, Which, so it goes know, below. The, the board that, members, they at the end of the day have a lot to answer for. And if you're talking about coaches in trouble, and well, who elects the who elects the they uh, they coach? make the appointments exactly. They so, sign off on all key appointments of the football club. Can you imagine? Say something does happen to David Teague, where it's decided he was the wrong coach. How can you say that the board that appointed him are off limits? Yeah, it's that's just so it's disappointing. They should ridiculous. have opened it up. If you're going yeah. to do a review and you're going to expect you know employees to go through that, most of the employees it should be an open book. Yeah, for yeah. all. I'd like to have seen it be external. The incoming president can then decide on what the findings are. Yep, that way. But you know, there's a lot. You'll get a lot more honest discussion. We know there will be self-preservation. Yes, in this now, and you're able to finger point. You're not going to go up against. You're not going to speak out against those who are going to remain. And in this case, yep, it'll be the CEO. Yep. So it'd be very silly to, I guess, point if you're a current employee the finger at the CEO, which may or may not deserve to be the case, but we'll never know yep. objectively if that's the case. So it does have its limitations, which gets me a little bit worried. Is it lip service? What are we doing? I would have liked to have seen it done properly if you're going to do it. Yep. And this is, a, this is a big thing to do. Mm. I mean, we, we know all organisations, uh, sporting clubs are under constant review in a lot of ways. And yeah. They'll do their own review there, but this is meant to be a big piece of work. Well, they, they, they Look, they needed to say something and do something to make us feel like something's being done. Yeah, and if they're just doing it to appease us, um, which, yep. you know, how much... Oh, look, there's a massive there's a massive part of it that it's to appease because, do you know what? Carlton supporters, they get restless and rightfully so and we need to know there's something being done. We, Carlton's, we always need to know things are being done, so... The other problem is, too, that one of the three... You know, people that have been involved or brought on to conduct the review, um, mm. not lead the review, but actually do the review and the independent parties here. One of them is Matt Pavlidge. Yep. He's stuck in WA. Mm. So he can't actually get out here. He's going to be doing, I By guess, Zoom, Zoom interviews yeah. uh, or Microsoft Teams. It, you can't have the same feel no, as no. getting around, sitting down, having a coffee no. with someone, surely. So no. that's the limitation. The review's going to go for a while, so he, I, I dare say he'll, he'll be able to get over. But Yeah, anyway. it's a limitation as it is on its own. So yeah, a bit of scepticism, put it yeah, that way. Yeah, absolutely. Safe. So, but let's see if we can do it on the field in, this that's, week. That's the next challenge, and that's, that's the it. one we all want to see. So, yeah, hopefully a, a good, convincing win over Fremantle would be amazing. You're hoping it's Launceston. I'm not so bothered, but I think I'd prefer Launceston. But I'll, I'll take the win. Yep. I want to win. I want some momentum, and I want the rest of this season to actually mean something and to give us something. Until then, we are the Blue, the Blue Baggers. Baggers.